if you're in an organization that's really fostering a community and, and really trying to build that culture, um, it's something that you have to work at, but you can't just manufacture out of nothing. Hey everybody, thanks for checking out Be Original with Isley Creative, where we take a behind the scenes look at the world of effective marketing. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. What's up everybody and welcome back to the Be Original podcast. My name is OJ. And I'm Christian. And today we are joined by a very special friend, a new friend. Um, within the last year or so, she, her name is Meg Crawford. She's the social media director at Splunk. She's one of the coolest chicks I know. Um, fun fact, her head was co-inhabited by a live spider, which we'll get more details wow. on shortly. Um, everybody, please welcome to the show, Meg Crawford. Meg, hey how guys, are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. How are things out there in Kenosha? Uh, things are great. Meg is joining us from the corporate offices at Splunk in San Francisco, correct? Or am I wrong? Correct. Yeah, we're out here in the Bay. It's a beautiful uh, 72 degrees here today. Oh, mm, oh Must be nice. Must be nice. What is it? It's 28 here right it's now. It's 28 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> very dry I'm not and very laughing, cold. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah, yeah exactly, because yeah. we feel bad for ourselves. Yeah, okay. All right, so we have to know. Let's... Uh, we might as well dig into this first. You, what is yeah. your your head was co-inhabited by a live spider? What what happened? Indeed, indeed. I I wish I wish I was making this story up, but uh, it's it's the thing of nightmares, and uh, it actually happened to me. So uh, to to give you full context, this was in college, uh, where a lot of weird stuff happens. Um, <laughs> I love. It. <laughs> But, but basically what, uh, how this went down is uh, I used to stay. So I went to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and I used to stay to run and participate in some soccer camps over the summer. Uh, and at the time, being in college, being a poor college student, uh, I would look for the, the cheapest place, uh, maybe not the nicest, but the cheapest place. So I was actually occupying a, uh, a fraternity house room at the time for a mere, I think, $80 a month. It was great. Nice. Um, it also wasn't the cleanest of, of, uh, of locations. Yeah, you think? Um, yeah, shockingly enough. Uh, you know, when your flip-flops continuously stick to the floor, you know you've got a problem. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I was just, I was watching a movie late one night and kind of sat up and it felt something odd in my right oh. ear. Sweet Jesus. Right? And so I, I can't really describe the feeling. It oh. feels like something's scratching against the side of your brain. Um, oh and so, of course, gosh. I do what any responsible adult does. <laughs> I know this is a horrible story. Um, I so I immediately it. run to the bathroom, grab the nearest Q-tip, and just jam that sucker in there. Um, you know, nothing, nothing comes out of my ear. I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'm just losing my mind. So I go back to watching my movie. Long story short, after a night of no sleep, literally wondering if I was going crazy, I went to uh, student health the next day, first thing, uh, sat there, told the doctor that came in, um, hey, you know, I think, I think that there's something wrong. I think that there's something in my ear. He looks at me like, okay, you weirdo. Uh, not sure what combination of drugs and alcohol you did last night, but I guarantee you there's nothing in your ear. Oh, my God. Um, so he, he's very, very patronizing, and he walks around to my good ear. He says, okay, this one's fine. And then he walks around to the other one, and um, the room goes silent. He takes a step back, 
and he comes to the he comes in front of me and grabs my hands and he's like, Miss Crawford, I need you to remain calm. Oh, and I'm like, well, that just went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my word. Yeah. So he proceeds to tell me that it, there's a live spider in my ear, oh um, my probably gosh. close to death, but still technically alive. Um, so I, I try to take his advice, try to remain calm. He then leaves the room and comes back with about seven or eight med students because they've never seen anything like this. <laughs> this story is amazing. It's, it gets better. Um, so then, <laughs> then they try to extract this poor uh, arachnid from my ear. They've got this like hoop device. They're trying to wrangle it. That's just making it kind of agitated and move around. I start being very uncomfortable with this situation. Oh. And then one of the med students finally pops up and he's like, why don't we just drain it out with a bunch of water? So they get a kind of a squirt gun and drain it out into a cup. And like, sure enough, there's a spider the size of my pinky nail. Oh, gosh. Floating Meg, around. That yeah. was... That's disturbing, Meg. It is. That it is, is scary. But so what I do walk away though is that my my file at Student Health from then on had spider writ Spider Woman written in uh, permanent marker across the front of it. That's, so. that's awesome. Yeah, that's not so <laughs> bad. Spider Woman. That's okay. That's, that's yeah. I'll take it. Right? OJ loves spiders. Right. Yeah, I love spiders. We were in uh, no, I don't. Tanzania filming a documentary, <laughs> and we had his little brother <sighs> with us. <laughs> No, it, okay. <laughs> I don't so, like where this is going. I don't no, like it. It was awful. It was, a, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. My brother's supposed to be taking a shower. The shower's running in the room. I come walking in the room like, why is the shower running and why are you not in it? And my brother yeah. thought it would be really funny to say, oh, I couldn't get it to shut off. And I'm like, I mean, we're in Tanzania, so we're in the bush. Like, it's not, it wouldn't be abnormal for things not no. to work the way we expect them to work. You're not at the Four Seasons, yeah. Exactly. We're not at the Four Seasons. So I'm like, okay, whatever. It worked fine this morning. I walked in the bathroom, and I'm like, I went to the faucet, I turned it off. And I'm like, did you even try to turn it off? And Elliot, my little brother, was like, look up. And I look up. And he said, don't look oh, up. Don't look up. <laughs> don't look up. And I looked up, and there was a spider. This, I mean, the body of the spider was as big as my hand. Uh, I mean, it nope. was... It, nope. It was the most scary, I, scariest thing I've ever experienced nope. in my life. The worst part was we called Washington, who was the like he was the guy that was maintaining the entire facility, and he comes walking in the room and he's got some Walmart brand like ant spray and he's trying to. I'm like, Washington, what are you doing? Next thing I know, he's grabbing a stinking uh, flip flop and trying to throw it at it. I'm like, this this cannot be good. I'm like, Washington, is this thing? poisonous he goes he looks at us and he goes oh yeah if if it, if it bite you you would die for sure <laughs> yeah, he starts with spiders are bad spiders are bad, spiders are bad. <laughs> so from that point on i vowed to never go back to africa because yeah, right. uh that was i'm no. a full proponent of just burning that place to the ground at that point <laughs> like that is the only way i feel safe yeah it, it, try sleeping in it th that same no, night I, was I, terrifying. There, I don't know how you did that there was we no started seeing them everywhere yeah. After that, it, was, it turns out there were huntsman spiders, which are one of the mm -hmm. largest spiders in the world. And and in Africa, they can span an entire toilet seat. It's like Absolutely not. Like, yeah. Insane. Yeah. Those are just babies that we saw. Oh, yeah. Anyways, right. no more spider <laughs> no. talk. More, more of that later. No, like, 
<clears throat> this went this went off in a direction I wasn't expecting. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. See, I told love, you it was going to be laid back. We love this I love podcast. it. I love this. <laughs> um, sure. All right. Well, Meg, obviously one of the big reasons we invited you on is you uh, you know full transparency Meg and Splunk we've partnered with in the in the past uh, we've had a, the great pleasure of being able to work with uh, we've done some really fun stuff with them um, but obviously one of the biggest reasons we wanted you on the show is we wanted to hear I think a lot of our audience would love to learn f- about or at least from the perspective of a major corporation like Splunk. <laughs> Um, and some of the marketing things that are going on and what you guys are seeing from, I mean, let's be honest, when you're in a Splunk or, you know, any major brand, you see different, you see marketing from a different perspective than probably a lot of the, a lot of the people that you're even marketing to, um, just because you're doing it at such a massive level Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of other people. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's a big thing, but I think to start us off, I'd love for you to kind of maybe just go back a little bit and talk about like where, how you got to where you are today and, and, and maybe introduce yourself a little bit better to the audience on kind of what you're doing and all that good stuff. Sure. Absolutely. I'd be, I'd be happy to go down memory lane a bit. Um, yeah. So, so I, I've, I've been working in, in more or less digital marketing and social media marketing for over 12 years now. I was lucky enough to kind of come out of college um, and get into this industry at a time when social media was really, really evolving. And not only businesses, but major tech B2B companies were really starting to identify the value of social media. You know, it was no longer just Facebook where it was, what, 13 universities and you had to be in college and whatever. Uh, it was really starting to become ubiquitous. So I got to kind of grow my career at, as, in the same pace and at the same time that social media really evolved. So it was it was massively exciting. Um, uh, I started off my career at, at a major tech company, SaaS, uh, way back in 2007, 2008. Um, so that's, that's taking, that's going back a bit. Um, but I've, I've, you know, kind of had a journeyman's career. I've been fortunate enough to work for, for major companies like Splunk, like IBM, uh, all the way to kind of starting my own consultancy and and working on the agency side. So, uh, I've gotten kind of all the best of all worlds and it's been, it's been instrumental in, uh, in being where I am today. Yeah, that's cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about Splunk, because I, I want to make sure that people understand who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just from our experience, obviously, we've had a front row seat to some of it um, just because yeah. we've been able to work with you guys. But um, for the audience, I, I want because Splunk can be a pretty complex thing to understand mm-hmm. if you just sure. look at it from like face value. So sure. what is Splunk and what do, what do they do? So yeah, so we are the data to everything platform, and um, you know we really, really focus on the data that our clients are producing, are using, and how they're really bringing that data to kind of every action, decision, um, question uh, that they're addressing with their business focuses. So. You know, I think the best way to kind of describe that is is what we do with our use cases and what we do with our customer stories. You know, if you're not uh, a highly technical person, if you're not a developer, uh, if you're not working within the IT or security space, of course, it can definitely seem like a, a complex um, product portfolio. Uh, but really, you know, at the end of the day, 
every business in some way, shape, or form is producing data and is utilizing data. And especially as we move forward and the amount of data within the universe expands exponentially, um, you know, it no longer becomes a definition of this is just what has happened. We really focus on how you can harness the data that you have and use it to predict decisions in the future and in real time. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, I, what, uh, I mean, obviously we could apply this to anything, but I think the most fun thing that we could apply it to at this point is marketing. Obviously a big part of yeah. a lot of those data points that you're even talking about. I mean, a lot of that is included in the data that you're getting. So from, the perspective of a social media director, somebody that deals with social media on a regular basis, you know, what is that data and why, why is it so valuable for people? Yeah. So, I mean, great question. And, you know, I think marketing uh, as an organization uh, has always been data focused, you know, from, from, the personas that we're targeting uh, within various campaigns to how we're constructing our content strategy, data feeds into kind of everything we do. But um, probably a a great example of of how Splunk is really kind of unique in this situation is the real-time aspect of it. So, you know, for for me, uh, working within the social media realm, you know, we run a lot of campaigns, obviously, on the organic side. We run a lot of campaigns on the paid side. Um, and, you know, up till, till fairly recently, we were only able to look, or businesses were only able to look at historical data and see, okay, well, this is how this campaign performed. These are the 17 reasons that we think why. Hmm. Well, with Splunk, we can actually look at real-time data and make those determinations and adjustments in real time. So if we have, you know, a social media uh, campaign that isn't performing uh, like we thought it would, we have the ability to kind of go in and look at the data and and make, again, make those adjustments and and really optimize as best we can. Wow. And obviously you guys are doing that internally. Like that's how you guys market. I mean, that's part of at least how you guys do we're, I mean, across marketing, we're definitely, uh, data is a huge value for us. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to ask this. With, um, I feel like the, <clears throat> in the easiest form, we've talked a lot about understanding your audience on this podcast this last you know week that we've been recording everything and, mm-hmm. um, you know, understanding who we're, who you're talking to. We've talked to YouTubers, guys that have grown YouTube channels, got people that have grown, uh, LinkedIn channels to you know the crazy amounts of people following them and talking about how we're niching down and getting into these groups of people that are understanding your message and blah blah blah. This is how we build all of these things. What types of data points are should we be looking at when we're building those kinds of audiences? Do you like is that something that we can? Like if anybody was watching this video right now, if we're, if you're a marketer and you're looking at, let's say you're looking at the back end of Facebook and you're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like, how do I figure out who I'm talking to better? Like, are those the types of things that you can figure out from that? Yeah. You know, I think, I think marketing, social media marketing in general, and this is, isn't just uh, unique to Splunk. I think the direction that we're going with data is just leading more towards personalization, right? You know, channels have expanded. Uh, the amount of people using channels have expanded, but therefore the amount of data that's available uh, has also expanded. So how are we, or what are we looking at that really can allow us to have those personalized interactions? Because that's what people are expecting at this point. You can no longer uh, just kind of 
uh, mass message uh, to to audiences and expect a return on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be really catered to individualistic audience needs, um, the type of content they want to see, the type of media they want to interact with. So, I mean, that's the road that I think is the Shangri-La that everybody's kind of shooting for. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's got to be tough, too, as a tech company like Splunk with so many applications. There's Your demographics are enormous like you know the tech world is 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 huge i would i would agree with that the tech world is huge um but we you know if you look at our social media channels and if you look at a lot of our marketing efforts i feel like they really speak more so to you know we, we get into the tech a bit um but we have a really unique brand tone and uh and voice and i think we try to convey that information and those messages in a way that that everyone would understand mm-hmm. um so for us it's not only talking to that tech crowd for sure we want to resonate with them um, but it's also getting our brand in front of individuals that might not be as tech savvy so that they can still understand the value behind what we have, what we do. Well, I mean, I, that was one of the biggest things I was going to say too. Like it's refreshing to see, you know, a brand like Splunk and, you know, <clears throat> from, from a, from a bit like a s- small business perspective, like Splunk is like pretty crazy big like it's enormous <laughs> right so and when, we, when it's refreshing to look at a brand like that and see how you guys have managed to really just i mean the, the 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 awesome part of what you guys are doing is that i get excited about watching a splunk commercial on linkedin because it's hilarious <laughs> yeah but it, the yeah it's the tone like that what you were talking about like it's so interesting to me that even even huge brands have to, I mean, they have to think about it. It's not just about the product anymore. It's about yeah. how you're presenting it to your audience. And it has to be done in a way that is going to, you know, is going to build trust. But at the same time, you're actually building a community around that tone too. Yeah. Because even when we were Absolutely. at, even when we were at SplunkConf 19, like, the tone lived through everything that you guys did. Yeah. It was through your parties. It was through your, even your keynote stuff, like all, all of that. I mean, it was just fun. Like I remember we walked into Robert Herjavec was doing a, a keynote thing. And one of his thing, like that guy, like shark tank, like he's huge, but you walk into his room and it's just like, it was like a breath of fresh air because it was just so light and everything about it was like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're changing the world. Like yeah. all of yeah. these things, it's just, it made it feel really cool to be a part of. So, Absolutely. And I, I think that really harkens back to a couple of different things. One, we have, and, and we're lucky enough to have a really, really dedicated user community that really supports us across the board. And, and we try and foster that as much as humanly possible because those really become, you know, kind of our evangelists on the ground. Uh, and it's just such an awesome, awesome community to be able to tap into. Uh, and two, you know, I think, I think what's great about Splunk, and I think you see this at a couple of different organizations, you know, within tech, is that we're highly dedicated to our culture and mm-hmm. everybody buys into that. So, you know, we really focus on, and I, I think that this is reflected in not only, you know, what we do at our events, um, 
and what we do, you know, across our social media channels, but we really try and reflect those like key pillar values. You know, we want to be fun. We want to be innovative. We want to be disruptive and open. Um, and so, you know, when I was going through the process of investigating Splunk and Splunk was going through the process of investigating me, I think that they really look for that level of cultural fit um, because it is reflected so ubiquitously across everything we do. And so if you, you know, if you follow our social media channels, we have a great uh, social media director who I work in conjunction with, Lauren Sandlin. She's got an amazing tone and it's a personalized tone and it's mm -hmm. a, it, it represents the brand, but it doesn't feel like you're speaking to the brand. And so we yeah. try to insert, you know, being funny. We try it to talk to you like you're a person. And I think that's what really resonates with our crowd. Yeah, it's, it was really cool, too, because like OJ was talking about, I, for us, um, it, it's not it's not just to Splunk potential clients. It's not just to people that are bringing Splunk value, but it's 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 a cultural thing. Like it, it just exudes from everybody in the organization. And so as a vendor coming in and doing something with you guys, we felt like, you know, like we were a very small part of everything that you guys were putting on and we felt immensely respected and like welcomed in and part of the family and i think that's huge it's huge and everything because it's authentic so when there are sales efforts that come out of that or social media efforts that apply to you know gaining traction or gaining clients it it just comes out of it authentically and naturally and that is huge for what you guys are doing for sure. And I, I think, again, that's that's not only what resonates with our audience, but it also what is kind of differentiates us, you know, not only from competitors, but just kind of across the board in tech. You know, I think mm -hmm. uh, I think if you look at some of the, the bigger companies out there, you know, if you blindly looked at their content, you couldn't necessarily differentiate across the board where we try to, again, insert insert our values into everything. And that's what, you know, you saw at Conf as well is it's a little different. We had a, a full RV set up in our demo room yeah. uh, with the big data beard guys. You know, it's not something you see every day. We yeah. had Ed Veal, you know, riding 24 hours on the bike, um, analyzing that data. So I think I think we take a little bit of a different spin. I mean, even if you look at our, you know, our logo and colors, uh, the pink and orange is very different from the blue that you typically see across the board. So yeah. we definitely are trying to differentiate ourselves, but we're doing so very purposefully. It's because it's what represents the people that work here and it represents the people that we work with and uh and yeah we want to we definitely want to to have that authenticity i think when you get to a point of a splunk where you're you've built this audience and there it's almost and i i don't mean i guess i don't mean this in a bad way but it's almost cultish like like your following is like <laughs> i mean it's funny because like even uh even the uh, group that's not even uh, what's the name of that we interviewed the people with the hats. What were those the guys called? Hats. Oh, the Splunk Trust. Yeah. yeah, Splunk Trust is a perfect yeah. example. Splunk Trust. They're not employed by Splunk. It's a it's a community no, no. of people are... that have built a community inside of a community to help other people get excited and like that's only in marketing in the world of marketing would you i mean that that's the kind of stuff people pray to have for their organization yeah. it's like we want these yeah. groups of people to be so excited about our stuff it makes it so much easier when new products come out new dashboards come out you no mm -hmm. longer have to you never you no longer have to depend on necessarily the marketing strategy of it you all you have sure. a giant 
cult following of people that are they are excited and enthusiastic just like you guys are yeah yeah no and, and what i would say you know for anyone you know that's trying to to build that level of community or starting out like we didn't you know it didn't start out that way it, it grew organically and you really you know if you're in an organization that's really fostering a community and, and really trying to build that culture um it's something that you have to work at but you can't just manufacture out of nothing mm, um, i like so that we, wait hold on wait stop I, sorry <laughs> You can't say that again. You can't manufacture it. What out of nothing? You can't manufacture it. Shockingly enough, you can't manufacture <laughs> it out of that. nothing. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that it has to start with a really, you know, obviously it has to start with a really solid product base. Um, your product has to be useful to that audience, and I think that there has to be a differentiator about it. So, you know, we were we're lucky enough to be in an organization that has that unique combination to start out with. And then when you layer on, you know, not only the, the culture on top of it, but really listening to that audience and taking, uh, you know, your user audience seriously into your product development, into your marketing strategy, um, that's how you really build uh, a solid community of brand advocates moving forward. You got to facilitate them um, as much as they facilitate you. It has to be a two-way conversation. And, and, you know, having been at multiple organizations within the tech space, I think Splunk does that better than I've kind of ever seen before. And I think that's really reflected in our output. You know, you might not know uh, what Splunk does, but you could come across a Splunk Trust member and they're going to be, it's, they're again, going to be one of our most enthusiastic advocates. And mm -hmm. we're not paying them. Um, we definitely try to, we try to facilitate them with, with the kind of content they need, with any kind of support. Um, but this is organic and that's why it's authentic. And I think that that's, again, something that you can't just manufacture. And it's something that you certainly can't pay for. Um, neither one of those roads work. How important, and we've talked about this too, like uh, a bunch, is these 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 pods, these small groups of people that are brand enthusiasts. Like from a big brand like Splunk, how important are those those Splunk trust people to to really the the marketing efforts of Splunk? Yeah, I mean, huge. And, and I would say two things on this. One, you know, our, our community of Splunk Trust and our community of Splunk users are, are instrumental. Um, not, you know, from a marketing capacity, for sure. Um, they definitely help with brand advocacy. Um, it's, it's wonderful to have it be an authentic message coming from them. And they definitely go to inform, you know, our, our product roadmap and what functionality uh, that, that focuses on. Um, but again, you know, I think it's it's also tapping into our customer base, and this kind of harkens back to a question that you you asked earlier. Is you know, if you, again, you're not on the technical side, uh, a data portfolio can be a little complex, and so how do we how do we make that message resonate with with audiences that aren't necessarily technical audiences, but need to see the business value in what we do? So I think something that that we do well. And something that we're we're continuing to kind of iterate on moving forward is is how do we highlight our customers, um, mm -hmm. and how do we tell their stories? Because people, you know, I think audiences want to hear you not just use cases but unique stories. And and how mm -hmm. are we helping businesses achieve their goals? How do we make them the star? Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that we've I think we've done well, and we continue to to move on with in the future. Um, you know, recently we did a we did a really great story with uh, Domino's uh, around Super Bowl, 
And that's a story that I can tell my mom and she's maybe the least technical person on the planet. And then she finally understands, oh, this is what Splunk does. And so uh, that, yeah, those yeah. are the moments. Yeah, those are the moments that we want to shoot for and, and we can convey the business value with. Yeah, I think I think Splunk does a very good job at recognizing that the landscape is changing, and yeah. you know, and it's not pigeonholed in tech per se, but it is related to tech, and and that industry has changed a ton. And you think about the people that are in that world now are gamers, and they're mm-hmm. you know they span a lot of different. Um, personality types and and it's not like it used to be it's not the nerdy guy with the button-up shirt and like just clacking away on a keyboard it's it's people that are influencers it's people that are doing all sorts of things that that help drive culture right like it changes they they change our culture when you have things like twitch and all these other you know streaming sites and things like that like that is all data driven and Splunk Absolutely. Has, has touch points in every one of those. And I think that's what that's a huge differentiator bef- between Splunk and a lot of other, uh, you know, Silicon Valley area companies that are, you know, like you said, it's, it's the blue and the gray and the black branding that <laughs> very like, this is what it is, this is what we do. And it's been like this for 20 years. And even though technology has evolved, we haven't necessarily in culture, but Splunk has. And I think that's what's so attractive to it, especially for us, because we're kind of, you know, in the mindset of disruption and recognizing what's happening and i mean even with our podcast we we try to keep it as laid back and not stuffy and make it understandable because what yeah. the things that we do can seem really elusive to people and i feel sure. like we have similar problems on a different plane where sometimes people are like well what do you do and we're like what well, while we're content creators oh well what's that yeah. Well, well right. that's what everybody's doing now. <laughs> that's that's what you do when you pick up a phone, and that's what you do. You know what I mean? It's, so it's it's finding that um, differentiation, and you know, I mean, we have almost the same pink in our brand colors too. So I think that's part <laughs> of why we like you guys. But it's, it's a great color. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head a bit now in that uh, you know, especially within digital marketing, social, etc. There are so many platforms now and and everyone is a content creator and there's just, you know, terabytes and terabytes of of content out there. So how do you weed through and really resonate? Um, And I think that that's something that you have to kind of appreciate when you're putting a strategy together is it's no longer about... Well, this is, you know, these are the the key takeaway messages that we want to focus on. It has to be a larger conversation than that. It has to be what does our audience really need to hear and how do we tell that in a unique way that A, they're going to see it and B, they're going to pay attention to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I was actually, I've been doing a songwriting course with my wife. We play music and we like to write songs and we're trying to get better at it. So I've been watching this course and one of the things the guy said in this um this class that we watched yesterday was it, it w- imagine what would happen if you stopped thinking about what you need and started thinking mm-hmm. about what they need and and that's so true i think a lot of times our strategies and our tactics come in a way that is well what are we trying to achieve at this point and yeah and i think that just happens when you start to give people what they need you know and again yes. coming back to the podcast like our goal is Yes, we want to learn, and that's part of the reason why we've done we started doing this podcast. But the goal is to just give anybody that needs what we're learning here, 
this is what we're giving you, right? Like, right. this is the, the potential. It's marketing is not that hard. The hardest part about marketing is the psychology of it, is understanding how people think, how they feel, how they react with things, right? But the reality is you're just commuting, communicating with people. And if you get on their level right. and understand the pain points that, that they have and the things that they go through in their life, you know, that's that's where you, you strike a chord and you start to resonate with people, right? Right, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it's, it always makes me laugh a little bit because, yeah, I've, I've been in marketing for a long time, but at the same time, like you, I'm just a human. And I have those moments where I, you know, I'm trying to learn something and I'm like, why will this brand not just give me what I need to know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And at the, at the same time, I'm a marketer and I have to stop myself from being like, okay, these are the only things I want to say because I want to say them. Mm -hmm. It has to be from the outside in. Um, and it's it's just funny to me how that's kind of lost sometimes in, in the discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I saw a meme yesterday that was, uh, I don't need an inspirational quote, I just need coffee. <laughs> Yeah. And it's yeah. so true because you know, like you've you've built your content plan, and every Monday you're sharing an inspirational quote. Maybe send somebody coffee. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like right. there's there's a human element to it that we're we're missing a lot of the time. Right? Well, and it's I think that there's a massive amount of pressure. Uh, you know, you always given given the environment we have today, it's a, a, ma a massive amount of pressure because you always have to feel like you have to be on, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're not saying something, then, oh, we're, you know, we're losing ground. And that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we end up with a lot of content that just doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't resonate with anyone is because it's created just for the sake of being created. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, from a strategy standpoint, you really have to get away from that because it's not benefiting you. It's not benefiting your audience. It's not benefiting the, the prospects that you're trying to, to uh, reach. And, and yeah, you just wind up with a lot of stuff that doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Well, you, <clears throat> you said something earlier that, I mean, I, I think we all have come back to it a few times without saying it, but being true to yourself, being true to who your brand is. Like, you know, yeah. we talked about that with the, you know, the YouTube guy that was, that was here, Dan, he, I mean, it's just about getting out there and putting yourself out there because there are going to be people that are going to relate to what it is that you're doing. Like mm -hmm. it's, there are plenty of other people that we're, we're all humans. Mm -hmm. We deal with a lot of the same issues in today's society. Absolutely. So why not just continue to be true to that and just really, because ultimately the goal is the goal is to get to us to a Splunk status where we've got pods of people that are, similar to us that are excited about the same thing that are going out there and being our ambassadors. Mm -hmm. But we can only accomplish that by continuing to be true to ourselves, not putting out content because of, because it's just has to get put out. Like it's not just a checkbox anymore. It's about doing it with a purpose because you're, you are who you are yep. and put it out there. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, absolutely. I mean, and, and you know, I, I think everybody's, everybody's, you know, pie in the sky, um, ideal is is to your point to have really really dedicated audiences that not only are there to to kind of listen and absorb and, and share but also like actively participate um and, and that's what i i kind of really love most about splunk is that there's so much active participation on both sides of the coin 
um, that it really creates just this mutually beneficial relationship. And, and that's, I think, the main goal is we always want to focus on that mutually beneficial relationship mm-hmm. um, and, and make sure, again, that, that our audience feels supported, um, that we're not kind of going astray just for the sake of, of saying things that we want to say. We're really paying attention to what they need to hear, what they want to hear. And I think it's that, again, that, that two-way relationship that is really uh, paramount. Mm, yeah, that's good. Do you think that, do you think that it's, I mean, obviously Splunk's probably beyond this point at at this point, but do you think that asking your audience to, to be involved, like, is that, is that a tactic? Like, how do you, I guess from, I don't know, I'm just, I, I feel like from a smaller brand's perspective, like, how do we get that interaction happening with, the, the, with our potential clients or our potential audience, like, do we do we come out and ask for that, or is it something that naturally happens over time? Yeah, great question. I think I think for sure, um, you know, having active engagement, whether that's across social or within your community group, um, is is definitely a a tactic um, that not only benefits you but benefits them as well. They feel like you know, it's just like any two way conversation with somebody where you're participating and asking questions, I, I, you know, it's genuine in that I want to know what you think. Um, if you just provide a form out there for people to go and submit on their own, that's not really actively engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you know, across social within our community groups, you know, we definitely tap um, our audience for not only feedback, but just active participation within that conversation. Um, and then, you know, two, it's it's providing them ways to communicate with us across multiple channels. So it's not just social, it's our community group, it's our customer interactions um, with our customer support team. It's, it's multifaceted, so they really know that we're here for them um, just as much as they equally support us on the other side. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is your CEO the guy that started the company? He's still involved? Doug Merritt. Uh, Doug Merritt was not one of the founders. Okay. No. So, no. just out of curiosity, from like we're talking a lot about being true to yourself. Do, is this the personality all the way through, like all the way up to the top? Are we seeing the same yeah. type of fun, you know, understanding? Like, you know, yeah. Is that the same person all the way up to the top to the, from the top to the bottom or? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, in my time here at Splunk, I've been here a little over a year and a half now. Um, I absolutely see it reflected across not only our, not only our employee base, but into our C-suite and, and Doug as well. You know, if you've ever seen Doug on stage, which I know you did at Conf, mm-hmm. uh, he reflects those values of fun and transparency and openness and disruptive. And he's a guy that you know, I have the I have the benefit of working for that is genuinely not only enthusiastic about the direction uh, that the company is going, but how to best support our employee base and our customer base. There's there's a genuineness there that I haven't often seen before. But yeah, this is you know Splunk. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, promo Splunk a bit for a second, but it's been an absolutely amazing experience in that. Uh, they take those values and they support you across the board with them. So we have employee advocacy groups that, you know, if you're into um, any particular thing, they want to support you in that. If you, you know, are into uh, a certain charity, they're definitely going to support you in that. And and actually a great example I have is 
Um, recently, I participated uh, with another employee in uh, the Cycle for Survival um, event here in San Francisco, where they, uh, we, you get on a bike for a couple of hours and uh, the money goes to research and support of, uh, of rare cancers. And my CMO, Carrie Palin, who has, has been on the job for a few months now, uh, found out randomly that I was doing this and, and submitted a huge, um, a huge amount towards, uh, towards that charity in my name. And like, you just don't, you don't see that every place. And it just harkens back to Splunk really, really backing up what, uh, what our values are. That's awesome. And like I said, I'm sure there are other large organizations like Splunk that operate and, and, and do a lot of the similar things, but it's been really exciting for us specifically because we don't get the front, we don't get the front seat to a lot of those other companies, but we've gotten to sit front seat for a little bit of it. And, uh, it's refreshing to see that there is, there is still big brands out there that care about their people. They care about their audience. Mm -hmm. They're investing in their audience. They're investing in their people because it, it does. It, I, ultimately, I mean, we talk about this all the time and we talked about it this week. Like this all filters down. Like when we can, as a brand, when you can excite the people that your your audience or, or even the people that you work with, the brand ambassadors, like it's, that's you know, in a sense, it's free advertising. Like yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna go out there and they're gonna be your team, your street team. That's gonna be, and that's super valuable. And it, and for the companies out there that watch this, that aren't necessarily at the level of Splunk, those are the types of relationships, the true authentic uh, position that you're standing on, and 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 giving that to your audience is the one of the most powerful parts of marketing mm -hmm. today. And we see well, that more and more. You know, over my years here at Splunk, what's been what's been truly remarkable is that they have really remained attached to those core values, even though we've yeah. grown exponentially over the last few years. And I think that that's a huge challenge for a lot of organizations. Um, in that, you know, as you get bigger, as you take on more people, as you expand, uh, you tend to maybe lose a little bit of that flavor that made you unique. Um, and Splunk has managed to maintain that. And, uh, and I think that that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, Meg, um, <clears throat> to wrap things up here, I'm going to put you on the spot um, because oh we like to do this thing at the end. Um, we like to give our listeners as much tangible things to take away from this conversation as possible. So yeah. one to two things maybe people can apply to their own brand, to their own uh, you know, uh, um, marketing efforts. One or two mm -hmm. things to take away from this conversation. Yeah, I would say a couple things. Um, one is, and we touched on this with you know community building, is really, really not only listen to your, your audience and your customer base, but facilitate them as best as you possibly can. And that, again, isn't just a feedback form on a website somewhere. You really have to be actively participating in that conversation. You have to actively be taking away um, listening key points from that audience. And it has to be something that you continuously do. It's not a one and done. So if you're building a community, you are part of that community. You have to be active within it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that you have to take 
the the things that you glean from that customer base from that community and really infiltrate it across your marketing strategy um, because a those are the people that are going to be your best brand advocates moving forward and b they speak the language of the potential customers that you're going after in the future um, so paying attention to them and really uh, really taking those key takeaways and inserting them not only into marketing but kind of how you go forward with product how you go forward with business strategy I think is a is a huge thing. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's real so good. good. Well, Meg, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. We know how busy you I had are. a great time, guys. <laughs> this has been fun. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Be Original Podcast. Be sure to like, comment, share, ring that bell on all of the platforms, including audio. We appreciate and love you so much for spending the time with us. See you next time. Peace. Thanks again for checking out Be Original with Isley Creative. We hope that this helps you put a little more you in your marketing. Catch a new episode every week right here on the Be Original podcast.